1: Rocket can. Also remember today on CBS Live PGA Tour action continues with players teeing off of the oldest golf tournament in all of North Carolina. The Wyndham Championship coverage begins today at 3 Eastern noon Pacific and continues all weekend only on CBS. Coming up at 1140 a.m. Eastern Bill Bender joins us, Sporting News College football writer and I want you to make an informed decision today. Coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern For all you Big Ten fans, for all you Pac-12 fans, I'm going to give you the guide of what SEC team to root for. And I want you to make an informed decision. You had a summer fling romance once, it's time for that fall romance. If they play college football. Obviously, I hope they do. Pierre, no hello.
0: Oh, hello, Ken Carmen.
1: It's wonderful to speak to you as always. How you doing? You doing well? I don't yeah, care. Yeah, no, kick a plane too much,
0: you know. Bro, <laughs> oh, really? Try, really? To I, 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 try to keep everything yeah. try to keep everything in perspective in life, especially I nowadays. You,
1: I wanted to tell you um I watched De- I watched the Devil's Advocate yesterday. First time seen, you had
0: seen it, right?
1: I've never seen Devil's Advocate, so I said, "Fine, let's watch this." It was two over 2 hours long. It was a little I got to remember in the late 90s, they were starting – mid to late 90s, they were starting to do some things with technology and CGI and and special effects that they had never been able to do before, and I think some directors got a little overzealous with it because they kind of wanted to show off. Yeah. So I think some of it – like, did you ever see the end of Air Force One when the plane goes in the water?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, you look at that now and you go, oh, my God. Like, that scene – great movie. Harrison Ford's incredible. But that that scene doesn't age too well because we've – since, what, 2000, it just went to another level. And now, I mean, basically, you can do whatever you want. It's it's basically real life. With that, it was a good movie. It was a little – again, a little 90s cheese. Some of the dialogue was a little bit – I was a little bit uncomfortable by what Craig T. Nelson, how he was describing his mistress – it's a little uncomfortable and put off by that, and I'm a big Craig T. Nelson fan. Huge Craig T. Nelson fan. Um, I still look at Pacino's performance, though, Pierno, and you're probably not going to disagree. Is there anything that he's done that's bad? Th- his performance. Has he ever had a bad performance in anything?
0: I can't think of anything off the top of my I- head. Me
1: neither. I can't think of anything. You, like, you look at it, any- like, even Godfather 3, everybody rips on Godfather 3. Pacino was incredible.
0: He was great, yeah. Yeah. And again, and I, as we discussed last week, uh, people yeah. are too harsh on Godfather 3.
1: Yeah, oh well, yeah, I, I agree with you there. But I'm just watching it, and I just thought, man, this is great. I just hated the very, very—I'm not giving away anything, right? Like, Spoiler alert no. at the very end. I hated the part where he morphs from the reporter back to Pacino and says, vanity is my favorite sin. I'm like, ah, the guy himself. They should have had the guy himself. That actor look at the camera and say vanity's my favorite sin" and walk off. That would have been chilling. How good of that? W- w- how good would that have been? Because it seems campy at the end. You don't understand what I'm saying, do you?
0: I do. I'm I'm listening like, on your take about like, the like, movie. Like,
1: like they're having. First off, I thought the end of it was a little too long with with Keanu Reeves and Pacino, father and son. I thought they could have done a little bit more. The incestual thing with his half-sister was was odd, okay? But, again, it's we're talking about Satan here. Yeah, it's a little and, crazy, uh, the
0: movie. A little crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah. It gets a little bit crazy. And the whole thing where Pacino, like, it goes back to Keanu Reeves, and Keanu Reeves does the whole thing where he says he can't represent his client anymore because the guy's a dirtbag and a scoundrel. That's great. I just think at the end, when the press, when the when the writer says, I'm going to make you a star, and da 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 And Keanu Reeves says, okay, call me tomorrow. I think they shouldn't have morphed him to – they shouldn't have morphed him back to Al Pacino. They should have left that actor look into the camera and say, vanity's my favorite sin, and walk off. How good would that have been? Sounds good. Now, me, I have an extensive history in film, so the director would obviously agree with me, wouldn't he? Or she, because I don't know who directed that movie. All right, what's your top five?
0: Well, this week on social media, I saw that you quoted one of the greatest animated series of all time. Oh? If I wanted to get sloppy drunk and shoot off guns, (laughs) I'd go to my dad's Oscar party. And for those who don't know, that's from the great series King of the Hill. That's Hank Hill talking about
1: his father, Cotton Hill. Yes, yes. So
0: today I'm asking for the top five animated TV series.
1: Ooh. And I got I got twenty minutes to think of this because we got Bill Bender at eleven forty, and I'm gonna do the top five. Oh gosh, it's tough. Oh, is this greatest or favorite? Which one? There's differences here.
0: i'll go with favorite.
1: Okay, I'll go with favorite then. Uh, yeah, some people are not gonna like it. I'm telling you, but that's okay. All right, eight five five two one two four CBS, eight five five two one two four two two seven. Coming up in less than twenty minutes, we'll do our top five, top five animated series, favorite animated series. Pierno, you're gonna participate, right?
0: Yes, just like I participated last week.
1: Okay, I just want to make sure, and away we go. Folks, we can't tell them to shut up just because we don't like what they say. I, I, let me preface this with, a, with an eraser phrase. Because you love the eraser phrase, you throw it out there, you say you love a person, and then you go ahead and undercut him a little bit. But let me be honest with you. We've had Dennis Dodd on the show many times before. I'm a big fan of Dennis Dodd. I think he's a good thinker. I think he's a very intelligent person. He's smarter than me. He covers college football as well as anybody. I actually think he's underrated in how well he he covers college football. And I read a lot of Dennis Dodd. So I feel comfortable in saying this, that I, I know what Dennis Dodd writes about, and I think what Dennis Dodd writes about and thinks about has a lot of substance to it. That said, I disagreed with him tremendously this week tremendously this week and read those articles at cbssports.com but I disagreed with Dennis tremendously when he cited Trevor Lawrence in an article where he had written about and he had made a comparison saying that these guys shouldn't make these decisions for the same reasons we don't let our children drive cars and I've it's weird it's so weird and this is why it struck me I made this same comparison when I talk about young quarterbacks When you give a franchise to a young quarterback too early, it's the same thing as me taking my five-year-old son, giving him the keys to my truck, and letting him drive down the road. Because when you do that, who do you blame? You ain't going to blame my son. My son's five. He doesn't know any better. You blame the old man. You blame me. I'm the one who gave him the keys. When the quarterback goes out there and messes up, when you give him the keys to the franchise too soon, I don't blame the young quarterback for screwing up. That's what young people do. They screw up. I blame the organization, and you can blame the institution. We brought this up at the very beginning of the show. I I, I am convinced the Big Ten and the Pac-12, they, they do the leap. They do the springboard saying it's about health and safety. To a certain degree, that's true, but it's really the health and safety because they don't want to have any litigation. They don't want to have a class action suit 10, 15 years from now because they want to wait, and I am convinced of this, And I'm not trying to be conspiracy theorist radio. We can debate, and I'm not going to really want to debate, and really I'm not going to take those calls about how good a vaccine could be this autumn. But they want to wait until there's one of those. Because then they could say that as a state institution, as a private institution, in in a couple of these cases like Northwestern and USC and Stanford, uh, they can require you to have that vaccine, to go to school. Now, whether you accept that that's a conversation For different people. But with the way that things are going, they're going to want a vaccine because then they'll say this was available. He didn't take it. And 10 years from now, just like the study came out that Stuart Mandel wrote about earlier this week, there's a possibility of an enlarged heart, which again, there's plenty of people who've been been doctors with the Cleveland Clinic who told me this week that that's probably going to happen regardless because of the physical stress that you go through as a top-end athlete. It's not just about centering your chi and keeping you at optimum shape. It's about pushing forward into the plus, to the obscene plus. That's what that's about. But regardless, they need it out. They need it out legally. But Dennis Dodd had made the conversation and written the conversation. And again, Dennis is a very smart guy. But I I couldn't help but disagree because there were so many players, and he cited Trevor Lawrence. There were so many players who said, we want to play. They had the hashtag. They gave their reasoning for it. They sent out – Very well-thought-out tweets. They sent out very well-thought-out statements. Their parents have complained on their behalf, which is a different sort of situation. Their parents have complained on their behalf. Other people have complained on their behalf. They wanted to play. Now, Lawrence is going to get his wish as of right now. Justin Fields, who was adamant, adamant, he doesn't get his wish. A lot of other players are not going to get their wish. And in the crux of what Dennis had written was that these decisions have to be taken out of your hands. You know, we don't let the kids drive until they're ready. The way it read to me was that basically the difference is, and what was prefaced in it, was that Trevor is going to be a number one overall pick next year. He's got a great career, no matter if he plays college football or not. He will have a... Great opportunity, whether he plays college football this year or not as well. And I thought, man, that's a little short. Actually, that's a lot short. Because the only difference you're telling me here with Trevor Lawrence is a paycheck. Trevor Lawrence is an adult. The majority of college football players, unless they went to college early and they went to college in January and maybe their birthday didn't click over yet, the majority of guys in college football, certainly right now, they're adults. They're legal adults. We call them college kids. They're subject to taxes. They're subject to health insurance. They're subject to the real world. If they get if they get kicked out of school, it's not go back. They can maybe go back home and live with mom and dad. They possibly could do that but it's, you're going to have to go out and get a job and, and try to be a contributing member to society. And just because Trevor Lawrence and other players, they speak up and they say, well, we want to play, and I could look at you and I could say, you don't know the science. You're too young. You don't understand what's going on in this society. That doesn't wash, friendo. Because if Trevor Lawrence did anything else, if Trevor Lawrence was an auto mechanic and needed to go to work, guess what? Trevor Lawrence is down there at the Jiffy Loop. Trevor Lawrence is down there at the auto parts store. Trevor Lawrence is working on your car right now. But he's a college football player. He plays for free, and he seems to desperately want to play for free right now, or quote-unquote free right now. He desperately wants to seem to do that. And I'm supposed to discount his opinion. Why? Because he's a quote-unquote college kid. There's nothing kiddy about college-age people. They march. They vote. They argue do I agree with them all the time? Hell no, I don't agree with them all the time. They're 20 years old. I'm a much different person where I was at 20 years old, now at 34 years old, with a mortgage and a wife and three sons. I'm a much different person then. And there's a lot of things that I argued at 20 years old, and I think this is obviously what Dennis is trying to say. There's a lot of things that I argued at 20 years old that I wouldn't agree with at 34 years old, just like there's things I might say with at 34 years old that I won't agree with with 54 years old. But the point of it being is that I was an adult when I was 20 years old, and I'm an adult now at 34. So what I did when I was 20, what I said, reaps what I sow. Now I'm at 34 years old. So for Trevor Lawrence and, and for guys his age, if they elect to play college football, if they want to play college football, and we leave that decision up to them, they knowingly go into the situation. Is this or is this not? If we are speaking about litigation – The fear of litigation, the fear of finding health risks 10 to 15 years from now, is this or is this not the same issue we just ran across with CTE? And what did we say to universities then? Proper precautions, mitigating risks, the best you possibly can to ensure safety. And it's been agreed upon for every college-age student that plays college football since. And that's not even my words. That's Joe Thomas's words, the former Cleveland Brown. Handled in the same way with the same threat for long-term help. it's the same scenario. And it truly is. With the only exception is, is that, yes, being around it, it's infectious. CTE is not infectious. There is that one little caveat to it. But to the player itself, with proper risk, with proper safety precautions to those risks, are they able to do it? And because Trevor Lawrence is 20 years old or a college-aged student, really a college-aged adult, not a college kid, why isn't he entitled to that opinion? Because the only difference I see is one guy or a guy in one year will collect a paycheck where right now he doesn't. Now, obviously, that's a pretty big difference. But in terms of an entitled opinion – I don't think there's a damn difference whatsoever. If Trevor Lawrence was 17 and still living with his parents and his parents were making his decisions, that's a completely different situation. Trevor Lawrence is his own man. If I'm not mistaken, Trevor Lawrence may very well be engaged. Trevor Lawrence will be a professional and probably a very wealthy one and will hopefully go on to have a great career. But what I'm pointing out is this, is that we've talked about for so long about giving college players a voice, telling college players to speak up for themselves. And we have done this, and this is a problem that I've seen with media in its own right. And I'm not talking about Dennis. I'm not talking about anyone in general. It's just something I've observed over the years of doing this is that we want to tell players to have their voice to to speak up and talk for themselves and pay the players, pay the players, pay the players, even though we don't have a great example on how to pay those players and how to make sure those players are paid and also for those players to speak up and be able to get their insurance taken care of, be able to get that payment taken care of, be able to get an education and get everything that they're able to get because they are working for who? The member institutions. We want to do that. But the moment, the moment they say something we aren't comfortable with, shh, you don't know any better. You can't have it both ways. And a free society of ideas, an exchange of ideas, and a free society of there's things that I agree with and there's definitely things I don't agree with. While I can agree or disagree with Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is a grown man, subject to taxes, and an adult in the United States, just like a lot of college players, and he has an opinion just like anybody else. And if I can agree with it, I can agree with it. But there will never be a time where we tell a person over 18 years old to silence themselves. Especially if I don't agree with it. For all the strides that we've tried to make, for all the things that we've tried to say that make society better, by far that's a step back. There's things that I did not agree with with the Pac 12 players in their joint statement three weeks ago. 50%? You're killing the opportunities for your friends. But they can say it, and they should. They should. Whether I agree with it or not, whether I roll my eyes as hard as I can, there is nothing that changes it because there's things that I will say now that I will not agree with and can't believe I say at 54 years old that I say to you this morning at 34 years old, the same thing that I'm sure Trevor Lawrence is saying some things right now at his age that in 10 and 15 and 20 years, he'll go, man, I can't believe I said that then. That's life. But he was allowed to say it and he was allowed to put it out there because he's a well-known public figure. He is a public figure. He's a well-known public figure. And he's a person that does have a voice. And he's a person that people listen to. And he's a person that we segment entire segments around. And the moment we tell them that they can't have that voice or they should be quiet, we're really showing a poor reflection on ourselves. 855-2124-CBS. Bill Bender in just over 20 minutes. Up next. The top five. This one's a tough one, Pierno. That's up next. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Coming up in less than 20 minutes, Bill Bender going to join us. We'll talk college football with him. The entire landscape. He actually came up with his own list of, of what teams you should be a fan of if you're in the Pac-12 or Big Ten, what SEC teams you should be a fan of. He beat me to the punch. I'm doing mine at one 855 855-2124-CBS, 855-212-4-227. Also, my tiers of NFL quarterbacks coming up at around 12.40 p.m. Eastern. Worker shoot coming up at 12.20 p.m. Eastern. Going to be a hell of the next couple hours. The great Anthony Pierno joins us right now. Hello, Pierno.
0: Oh, hello, Ken.
1: I came up with, I think, two lists. I two think lists. I got two good lists here. One for children's, one for adults.
0: You're just so difficult, huh?
1: Yeah, it's actually a little bit difficult here because you gave me – it's really difficult because it's uh, – you, you, I have so little time to think. And so I, I think what happened here – You should ask
0: me earlier in the show.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I was on a roll. You were. You know? Yeah, I get going off of my little tangents there and, you know, all of a, take calls and all of a sudden, you know, I don't even want to include you in there. So you gave me the what, the top five what?
0: The animated TV series, because earlier in the week on social media, uh, you had uh, uh, left, uh, dropped a quote uh, from the great Hank Hill uh, um, saying, if I wanted to get sloppy drunk and shoot off guns, I'd go to my dad's Oscar party. So King of the (laughs) Hill, one of the great uh, animated TV series of all time.
1: So we're doing favorites, not greatest, right?
0: Yeah, we'll go favorites.
1: Okay, because there's cultural significances and things like this. So we're going favorites, favorites. Okay, so if we're going favorites, Pirno, go from five to one, go in ascending order. What are your greatest or favorite animated series
0: ever? All right, so we'll start off with uh, Daria, uh, originally a spinoff of uh, Beavis and Butthead.
1: I had that in my honorable mention.
0: Loved Daria's uh, yeah. the sarcasm, the cynicism that she had. Just the deep disdain that she had for those around her, I can very much relate to that. Yeah. Uh, so Daria I have in there at number five. I like uh, how
1: you have problems with your family, and you worked that into what you wanted to say about Daria. Well done.
0: Uh, okay. Futurama will be coming in next. Just witty writing, great characters. Uh, it just It's a show that made me feel all the emotions a lot of rough moments in that show you know there's show? So- Futurama? yes Futurama. okay
1: okay uh, you know re- there I are certain things down,
0: that will you know make you shed a tear on first viewing but as time goes on and the more you see it it maybe doesn't hit as hard but not not with Futurama and uh, if you're a, do- a dog lover I would say season 5 episode seven Jurassic bark. Uh, I would say have the tissues ready. It just oh, it, really? It's a show that makes you feel all the emotions. Oh, that's um, nice. I'm coming in. Number three, Batman, the animated series. Oh. It just wasn't about, like, selling toys with them. Like, they told compelling stories. You hit
1: on one of my children's lists. You had a terrific children, cast.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Kevin Conroy, Batman, Mark Hamill voiced the Joker, uh, just arguably the greatest depiction of Batman in any medium, television or film. Wow. It's a really good series. Uh, coming in next, I have Red and Stimpy. Just, I mean, it was wild. It was funny. I just remember my parents screaming at me, yelling at me. They did not want me to uh, watch that show. I they had to, didn't like, want you watching that? No. Um, I-, I mean, it was great. It, it was cra- I mean, come on. It's, it was a wild, crazy show. Uh, it was unique for its time. It just it looked different. It felt different. It was very crude. It was a crude show. So it was crude, yeah. but I was
1: actually encouraged to watch <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it. My, it just, my uncle was such a fan, and he he just he was so upset by. I mean, we're talking '90s. This is Tipper Gore.
0: This was '91.
1: Uh, yeah. So yeah. this is uh, going in. Well, that's when that show started.
0: Yeah, '91.
1: Okay. When I how long did it run for?
0: Uh, I want to say five years. I think. Okay, maybe? so
1: maybe I'm wrong on the tipper Gore, but I think when Clinton went in, like there was like no, We got it, like the family council and things like that. Yeah, and I, mean, I remember my yeah. my uncle got so mad. He's like, "It's important for you to watch this show. I mean, it's it, important that we yeah. do this. It,
0: it, it pushed the boundaries of traditional animation because it, it had did. dark, it had dark humor, the themes that it had. Uh, it was it was everything that cartoons weren't supposed to be. And I like it, too, because Mike Judge credited Ren and Stimpy by saying that oh. they paved the way for Beavis and Butthead, that, that one uh, which episode, came a couple of years later.
1: That one episode, uh, Pirno, where Stimpy got in Ren's drawers and got the issue of Husk. <laughs> you
0: remember looking at another man's drawers, That <laughs> was the best. All right, go ahead. Go uh, right, go and ahead. finally, I, I have to go with the Simpsons. I mean, it's a it was a game changer. I think people started looking at animation differently. Uh, there's a great quote from Homer. I believe it's like season three. He tells Marge that yeah. cartoons don't have any deep meaning. They're just stupid drawings that don't give you that that give you a cheap laugh. And the Simpsons did have meaning Uh, just again great characters great theme song and listen even South Park who had a rivalry with the show uh, there for a while and I'm not sure if it still exists or not but uh, even they pay tribute to the Simpsons uh, and how The Simpsons did everything. Uh, there was the episode South Park where Butters tries to think of an evil plot to take over the world, and he yeah. realizes he can't he can't think of anything because it's already been done in The Simpsons. So even when your rival is paying tribute to you, <laughs> uh, I have to go with The Simpsons.
1: All right, I'll do my top five children's real quick, five through one. Batman, number five. Number four, DuckTales. Number three, Ren and Stimpy. Number two, Rocco's Modern Life. I loved Rocco's Modern Life. And number one was Doug. Doug actually makes an appearance on my adult animated series. You ready?
0: Doug Funny. I love him.
1: Number five, Archer. Archer's a great show. Great show. H. John Benjamin's a great voice character, voice actor. Uh, it's I love it. I love um, oh, the mother from Modern uh, from Arrested Development plays his mother, and he, she's wonderful. Uh, number four, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. 15 minutes at a time, always leaves you wanting more. Love Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Shake, definitely my favorite. Uh, well, actually, you know what, Carl had next door is probably my favorite, but still, Shake is probably my number two. Aqua Teen Hunger Force is number four. Number three is The Simpsons. An important show. The only reason it's number three is because it's it's gone on for so long, I do think it's kind of lost its base of... There was some. If you look at those early episodes in the first ten years, there were some really just... Deep, incredible episodes that, if it weren't a cartoon, people would be talking about it in different ways. Like, it's, but it's legendary. It's legendary in making me think as a child and, and, and actually giving some meaning for your heart. Uh, number two is Doug, because I love Doug. I'm just a huge Doug fan. And number one, with a bullet, King of the Hill. King of the Hill is probably my second favorite TV show ever behind Trailer Park Boys. Uh, King of the Hill's... I have. I, I probably shouldn't admit this. There have been things I've thought of now as a father and a homeowner that I thought, "What would King, what would Hank Hill do in this situation?" That's how deep my love is for King of the Hill.
0: Think maybe you, uh, one of these weeks we'll do like a top five uh, King of the Hill characters.
1: I've already done it on Twitter. Oh, you have? Okay, yeah, we'll I've already done thing. it on Twitter. Um, I but uh, yeah, I I I've, I've thought of King. I I really think of of Hank Hill, uh, Braden. Basically as a role model. I'm willing to say it. As a father, I think Hank's a role model. You know, just good, wholesome person. You know, there's a couple of things that, that get thrown off in there, but King of the Hill, the whole deal, the, the subtlety the subtlety to the writing, some of the other comedy to it, it's fantastic. And when his truck gets ran over by the train, I feel bad.
0: You know what I love about it too? It's like you know, it's it's not like loud like there's yeah. nothing like crazy like with the yep. animation that's spectacular. Yep. It's just it's a you know it's a great show.
1: It's it's so well done, and I think some people said, and I, I forget who said this. This isn't my quote, but you know Mike Judge gave it its hilarity. Greg Daniels gave it its heart, and I think that's so true. I think those two together working on that show, I love that that series. Like, the, and I'm talking the entire way. Like, there's King of the Hill fan clubs who say. Well, this season and the later seasons weren't that good and da-da-da. I enjoyed all 13 seasons. I really did, and I wish they were still making them. And that is it for the top five. So one through five, King of the Hill, Doug, the Simpsons, Aquateen, Hunger Force, and Archer. Up next, Bill Bender. He joins us on the show. Sporting News National College Football Writer and coming up in just about an hour. Well, you want one of your big-time college football guys to be a big-time NFL guy? Well, I come up with my tears for NFL quarterbacks in 2020. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Right now, it's the latest sports update with the great Marco Belletti. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Now, that toll free line, you've heard me say it a billion times 855 212 4227. It's sponsored by Geico. Right now, Geico's offering an extra 15% credit on car motorcycle and RV policies that's on top of what Geico could already save you so what are you waiting for visit geico.com to learn more 1 p.m i want to do some matchmaking i want big 10 fans to hear me out on what sec school and pac-12 fans on what sec school they should be fans of bill bender beat me to the punch as he always does we welcome him in sporting news national college football writer at Bill Bender 92 How's it feel to beat me, Bill? How's it feel to beat me there?
0: <laughs> I, I I had this thought just
2: around my third on Thursday, so I thought I'd go listen. You know, between the SEC and the Big Ten, there is some natural matchmaking here. I mean, did, was there any on that list that you thought was glaringly wrong or I, I would say the one that was a hundred percent match and is Michigan and Tennessee. I think any two schools could be more identical uh, than those two. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, but all right, let me let me get your list out here because wh- I I had the original, and then they they deleted it. Like I had the original, and Sporting News deleted it, and then I didn't find it again. Here we go, here we go, here we go. You had Indiana, Mississippi State, Iowa, Auburn. Hmm. Huh. Da, 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 da. Maryland. No, <sighs> there's, there's Iowa and
2: Auburn, Ken. There, those, those schools get knocked out for being farm schools, and Auburn hears that all the time. I, it's some of them are hard. Because, you know like what? I mean, Auburn's obvious. Disag-
1: I'm disagreeing with you, and I'm going to give away what I can sell. You ready? Okay. I think I think Michigan fans should be Auburn fans. You know why? I can see that. Oh, yeah, well, tell me your I reason because I'm going to. I'm about to tell you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Well, I mean, because Michigan's second fiddle to Ohio State right now, much like Auburn is to Alabama. I mean, that's the logical draw. It's not just but that, I'm though. Telling you, what else?
1: It's not just that. Real quick. It's that. Go ahead, Auburn. If you're an Auburn fan, yeah, you're your little brother in that state. And but the thing is, is Auburn fans get mad at me for saying that because their team actually goes out and wins. Their team just doesn't roll over and die, Alabama, the way Michigan has, especially over the last two years. So I, if I, if I'm, if I'm the the lesser of the two in the rivalry, I want to go with the team that has pride. I'll go for Auburn if I'm a Michigan fan. Boom. No,
2: but I. You know, just to me, with Michigan, and I'm going to defend the Tennessee pick. I mean, <laughs> addicting fight song, 100,000-seat stadium, haven't won a national championship since the 90s. You can't Ken, You can't tell me Lloyd Carr and Phillip Palmer aren't the same guy that they ran off and then they've sifted mm. through coaches trying to find the right guy since. Yeah. I love going down to Neyland and watching football games. But the bottom line is they don't beat their rivals much like, Michigan doesn't beat one rival. I mean, they've found a way to beat Michigan State and Notre Dame.
1: Both have coaches that people are starting to say are
2: overrated. I mean, it's all there. That's the easiest match, other than. And then if you do that, then you can make Michigan State a school like they got to protect the AM. I mean, imagine the conversation those two little brothers have with each other uh, about their big brothers and their state. Um, those could go on for hours.
1: So you have that. Okay, I'll give you that. Even though I'll still disagree coming up at 1 Eastern, but what the hell. Michigan State, Texas A&M, Minnesota, Florida. Minnesota, Florida. Wow. Okay. Uh, Nebraska, Mizzou, Northwestern, and Vanderbilt. Oh, come on. If you're Northwestern, really?
2: Yeah, you want to be I, prim I really and proper still? I reached on still? that one. I reached on that one with the, <sighs> the, with the smart kids in both schools. That was a real reach, you know? But, um. Mm. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Minnesota-Florida was interesting because I think the way P.J. Fleck runs some coaches and, and orders the wrong way in the Big Ten, and I've been at some of those media days when he's just rolling, it's, you're like, all right, come on, man. But <laughs> players it. And I would say the same thing applies to Dan Mullen. When he shows up in, like, you know, what was Tanya, what are they called Ken, I'm not that hip or cool to know what they're called. He showed up with those the on. The shoes? The Yeezys? Yeah, he had those on yeah. at a media yeah. day, and everybody was going wild about it down in Hoover. And I'm like, who cares? <laughs> but I mean, they they have gotten results with their programs, so I think those two are very comparable in terms of personality, results, and you either love them or you don't.
1: Okay, Ohio State, LSU. That's interesting. Penn State, Alabama. Why? I would say Ohio State, Alabama.
2: Ohio State fans aren't going to root for Alabama, though.
1: Oh, so that that's, like my... that's the beauty of it. No, you switch sides because you're so mad at the Big Ten. It made you root at your hated rival down south.
2: Do you, do you subscribe to the theory that sometimes Ohio State fans might root for Alabama just because they can say, like, they were one of the few schools that beat them?
1: Yes, and I think Ohio State fans also hate the SEC because they don't want to admit they are an SEC school.
2: They are absolutely the fifteenth SEC school. So they're just a,
1: yes, they're down. just above the Mason-Dixon line. They are an SEC school,
2: right? And, and and we're down with that. But I I think they would go LSU just because it's an easy transition. The Joe Burrow thing last year. Um, they do like watching Alabama lose. I, that, the other side of that though is. With Ohio State being one of the truly elite programs in college football, I don't think Ohio State fans like seeing Nick Saban pile up national championships. Whereas Penn State and Alabama fans, mm. they could probably have a 10-minute conversation about why they don't like the Buckeyes. I, I think that could happen pretty easily. Oh,
1: I think, gosh, I think you got a lot of fan bases that are going to have 10, 15-hour-long conversations. You have a mm-hmm. bunch of TED Talks why people hate Ohio State. Um, okay, no, Penn, sure. Penn State, Alabama. Purdue Ole Miss. Rutgers, Arkansas.
2: Oh, jeez. Did you see that stat on there that I put that those two schools are zero and thirty-two in conference play the last few years? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that incredible?
0: <laughs> and they I'm both wear
2: red, so that's like somebody had. I went into that ten saying, "Well, somebody has to be Rutgers," and then I'm thinking when well, I'm done with that, "Well, maybe Rutgers doesn't want to be Arkansas." <laughs>
1: Why am I laughing so hard? Uh, Wisconsin, Georgia. When, that's interesting. When Georgia has, Georgia has way more money than people realize. Did I lose you? Did I got you? There you are. Go ahead, Ben. Or how, but go ahead, Bill. Many- Sorry.
2: How many times you've thrown on a Wisconsin game and they're just running off tackle for like three hours against Purdue and I'm like, I'm so bored, but they do this <laughs> so well. And Georgia does the same thing with all those running backs and they both share that. With, it's probably my lifetime, and I'm 41, so like Georgia's won a national championship in my lifetime technically. Um, Wisconsin's probably the best program that hasn't won a national title. You know, 25 years of sustained success, but they just can't beat Ohio State. And Georgia has that same hurdle with uh, Alabama. I think that's a pretty easy tie.
1: Boy, G- Georgia has such frustration. You look at the amount of money that Georgia has had wrapped up in their athletic program, the amount of NFLers that Georgia has had come out. They've had some incredible NFL players. I mean, you got to be they got to be maybe the most underrated most frustrated fan base in college football. They should have multiple national championships in the SEC over the last 10 years. Over the last 20 years. Oh my really. God. They should be a powerhouse. Oh, sure. they, we should think of them in the same breath as Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and, and even, gosh, we mentioned Oklahoma. It's still been well over a decade since Oklahoma's nat- last national championship, and we always throw Oklahoma in there as the class because it's the class of the Big 12. Georgia should be right in there, Bill.
2: For sure. I mean, and and it's hard to – of all those – the one thing Georgia didn't get, so when the SEC dominated college football that decade in the BCS era when Auburn, Tennessee, LSU, Alabama, Florida all won national titles, Georgia was the one that didn't. And that still sticks out to me. For all the dominance that that conference has had, That you have to go all the way back to Herschel Walker in 1980 to find their last national championship. And and I do – there is a psychological – into that with Kirby Smart moving forward. That they've recruited like a top three school, they have the high school, they have the resources, they have the players, and yet they've let a couple against Alabama get away. Last year, LSU just ruled through them. I mean, they've been to the SEC championship game three years running, and I think the more times you swing and miss, it's kind of like what happened with Mark Rick. I mean, he had some teams that swung and missed, and then they start to turn on the coach. Kirby's not there yet, but Get back with me in five years if they haven't won it.
1: Bill Bender joining us on the show. Yeah, I I, I would agree. I think that he has an inside track to it. It's just man, it, it's one thing to be an assistant. I think I still think some people down there are thinking more like he's a Bill O'Brien, where you can be really successful, but you're not going to get to where they need to go. I hope I'm wrong. I I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that they're wrong about that because I really do like Kirby Smart a whole bunch. Bill Bender joining us on the show. So what's the fallout from all this, Bill? If they play college football, well, first let me start for, we'll start with this, and I know we don't have a lot of time left after what we just talked about, but <laughs> do you think that the other three conferences play college football this fall? Do you think they do?
2: My guess would be no. I mean, just because of all the conflicting medical advice, and now there's going to be some – counter reporting that here's why the sec and the big 12 and the AC should not play. I think they'll take it down to the wire though. And that was my biggest takeaway from last week is I didn't have a problem with the big 10 it off or the Pac 12. I thought they could have waited a little longer. And I think the big 10 made the mistake of kind of throwing that trial balloon out there and letting Ohio state and Penn state and Michigan and Nebraska take their shots at it. And that was kind of a PR nightmare in a lot of ways.
1: I think so as well. I, I, I kind of hope they do play college football just because I want to see some college football then. If they do end up playing college football in the fall, those other three conferences, what is the fallout for the Pac-12 and the Big Ten?
2: I mean, they take a hit in recruiting. I mean, I guess they can try to play spring football. I don't know if that works. You know, Amazingly, Notre Dame comes out a winner. Uh, as I pay attention to, you know, Russ Belt and Heartland football and all that kind of stuff. And, Cincinnati being the only school in Ohio to play FBS football would be wild to me in a lot of ways, but yeah. I mean, they can do a playoff. I mean, a couple of years ago, we had Oklahoma, Clemson, Alabama, and Georgia in the playoff. They can do it. It can be legitimate. And the, har- the team hit hardest, and I know you've probably talked about this already today. I mean, if Ohio State sits and watches th- those teams play in a playoff, knowing the team that they had coming back with the quarterback and the talent and everything else and not a loss on the schedule, it's gonna be a while before people in Columbus forgive Kevin Warren if the other conferences play. I
1: <laughs> I I don't know how I don't think there's ever a while. I don't think they ever do. I don't think they ever do. I, I think that he will be like I, I remember when they fired Jim Trestle, people were mad at Gene Smith. They've forgiven Gene Smith since. Um I don't think there's any forgiveness for Kevin Warren, especially with that fan base, not a chance in hell. Not I don't I don't well, know because again, they're the fifteenth you just said they're the fifteenth SEC school.
2: Yeah, and Ryan Dave even said there was this was a chance to be a once in a lifetime team. I mean, think about the talent they had coming back. I mean, they would have got the best out of Justin Fields this year. So yeah, I think that it'll hit and resonate in places like Ann Arbor and Madison and Iowa City, but it's not going to hit any harder than it does in Columbus if those other if those other conferences play. And I don't know. Ken, honestly, I don't know how I'm going to feel if I'm sitting there on a Saturday in September watching ACC football and knowing that the Big Ten sitting at home.
1: I wonder, but I'll still be able to watch, and I'll probably tell why coming up in about 40 minutes. Bill, we thank you very much for the time. All the best, buddy.
2: That was fun, Ken. Thanks so much for having me on. Take care.
1: at Bill Bender ninety two, always great. Read them on Sporting News. See which one you'd like to match up. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Up next, my elite franchise journeyman QBs for twenty twenty, and some QBs who are in real trouble. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio.